Are you ready to get empowered? Of course you are. Well, you picked the right time and the right place. It's time now for Francina Hallris and the Empowered Family Talk program. Spend the next hour with Francina and learn things that you need to know. And this is Empowered Family Talk. May the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Good day to all of our listeners and welcome back to Empowered Family Talk. Today is Monday, January the 1st, 2018. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2018. Our scripture for today is Luke 21, 1 through 4, and 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, which is a segue to our topic today, restoring God's divine order within our charity. Are we prepared? As we celebrate and honor the legacy and life of Dr. Martin Luther King, all of our lives, every day of our lives, we take the month of January as a special uh, celebration uh, as we feature his dream on the Empowered Family Talk discussion series throughout the month of January. We have a great talk today as I am joined by my producer, Jack Bishop in Dallas, Texas, Mel Rapplea out of Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Rachel Cransey out of uh, Florida, uh, the state of Florida, and Demetrius Mamaritas, who will join us uh, from North Carolina during the second half of our show. Welcome to Empowered Family Talk, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, good to be here. Thank you so Great much. Great to be here. Well, I'm delighted to have you guys, and we're so excited about our topic today in charity. And I have a letter, an open letter, uh, for Martin Luther King Day. Uh, and it's entitled, Give Back and Pay It Forward, by Lynn Schulterman. And I would like to submit and read as uh, she has written in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King and paying it forward. Quote, I was a young girl the first time I learned about the concept of paying it forward. My dad was advancing tuition payments for a struggling medical student. And the student asked how he could pay him back by being successful and helping someone else, he told them. I had already been volunteering with my dad a few years by then. Some of my fondest childhood memories are holding his hand as we visited elderly people who had nobody else to care for them. As we honor the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., a man who transformed our country with his vision, and leadership. I am reminded of the deep connections between these values 
of what Dr. King stood for, justice and liberty for all, diversity and equality as fundamental tenets of our communities and our country, judging people on the content of their character and not the color of their skin. From big cities to small towns, as thousands of people across the nation answer what Dr. King called life's most urgent and persistent question. What are you doing for others? They are transcending political, social, and religious differences to come together and give back to their communities. For these precious moments, we're no longer rich or poor, black or white, conservative or liberal, Christian, Muslim, or Jew. We are no longer allowing the voices on either extreme to crowd out those of reason, consensus, and civility. As human beings, we are taking ownership and communal responsibility for creating a more just world. And she closes. She says, by making a long life commitment to service, we put ourselves in the company of great leaders who have dedicated their lives to helping repair our world. Starting today, I challenge all of us to answer the question of what we are doing for others by praying with both our hands and our feet, as Dr. Martin Luther King says. I challenge all of us to give back and pay it forward, unquote. And I submit to the table as we discuss restoring divine order into our charity, starting at home first. You, you used a word that I think is very, very important, and that is consensus. The Iroquois Nation, which happens to be the model for the United States government and the government that the Iroquois had when Europeans first landed on this continent, believe very, very much in consensus. Consensus being not just a majority, but people actually say it, yeah, we've thrashed this out and we've come to this conclusion and all of us agree on it. All of us agree on it that this is what we need to be about. I think that's most important, uh, uh, particularly in a country as diverse as ours, that we sometimes set aside our differences and look at our similarities. Well, and to that point, Jack, I want to add one more thing as we, uh, 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 Mel and, and Ray, Ray, Rachel can uh, come on in on this. And uh, one more thing she noted in her writing, which I thought an open letter to Dr. King is very fitting for our discussion today in the Coach Tate Foundation, our charity. She says, but our service cannot last just one hour or even one day. We have to foster a lifelong commitment to contributing to a virtuous cycle of giving back and paying it forward, of enhancing our own lives as we better the lives of others. At a time when our country and our world are so divided, it is ever more important that we are are united in knowing what it is we stand for 
not just what we stand against. Going to your point, we stand for giving and paying it forward, not necessarily what we stand against. Mel, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. That you know, you, I, I know I do a lot of charity work, and I get more out of it than than probably the people I do the work for. So, I, mean, I think as it's part of your your job as a citizen of the world to to you know give more than you take. But you know, one of the things that we sometimes fail to understand uh, is. Paying it forward is not just lifelong. It's generational long. You know, uh, one of the things that's always upset me about how people view the King legacy, it's not the King legacy. It's humanity's legacy. You know, uh, some folks think that the civil rights movement began with the Birmingham uh, bus boycott. Nah. It began way, way, way before that in this country and way, way, way before that in the rest of the world. And and, and, and to that point for the charity work in Dr. King uh, and also how he was able to marry up with the U.S. Constitution in his life and legacy. We'll cover that in more talks uh, throughout the month as we uh, celebrate his legacy we want today our focus, I believe, if Martin Luther King would speak to all of us today, he would say, be the dream, you know, be it. And I am so honored to honor my dad and my ancestors and your ancestors, Mel, Rachel, all of us have loved ones that have gone on before uh, that are joined with with uh, uh, those great leaders of our past but they led for us to lead today and be the dreams and establish that pay it forward model, uh, Jack, as you're talking about for generations to come. And I, I believe that's where we have uh, lost. We have a gap. And the focus of the, of the charity we're going to talk about today, which I believe is one of those charities that is really uh, doing and implementing the pay it forward model where it's, it's about the children, it's about the community, it's about the family, it's not about you, it's not about me. And I don't know about you guys, Mel and Rachel uh, and Jack, and your volunteer work for charities over the years, but what I found is the beneficiaries are just not receiving the charitable gifts that are intended for them, and it's saddened my heart. Well, what do you mean by that? I have done research over the past four years and discovered that all the agencies, without calling any names, that we know of today that are known for huge charity work amongst the, the peoples. And I look at the 320 million population that we have in the United States. I'm not speaking global yet. Just in the United States and the level of poverty, over half, 150 million people in the United States are living in poverty of some level. And so what I, uh, the question I have is what happened to the, the, the charitable, to the sacredness of giving and charity and the beneficiaries? 
somehow it didn't get down to the the bottleneck and i discovered that during my research so with with the coach tate foundation and other charities that we look to partner with is we're looking at it's one thing to know that you raise billions of dollars but how many of the the peoples the children in your geographic location have benefited and are prospering that you can measure the results and say this works have you guys encountered anything like that? You mean uh, absolutely? In the yeah. research that I've looked at, where where they, um, I mean, I know there's an organization that looks at each dollar and how much of that dollar actually goes to uh, the people, and it's amazing when you see some of the salaries of CEOs that are seven hundred and fifty thousand, eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you know, a million dollar salaries, and mm. you're seeing that. 73 cents of the dollar goes to administrative costs. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's crazy. It's, you know, you basically, you're self-funding people's employment and bonuses at that point. And I think one of the problems is greed. When you get an organization, again, without mm-hmm. naming names, one of them that's very big that gets pushed on a lot of offices every holiday. Um, and, you know, people put the little thermometer up and they watch, you know, how much dollars are going in. You're not really raising money for the children at that point. You're raising money for a bunch of executives who are using the money, you know, for their own personal gain. And I know exactly where you're coming from, and I think that's why you get people who are who are jaded. Um, mm. I, I have people. I'll give just a real quick example. Um, I do a lot with the homeless in the area that where I live, and I was asking a person one time. You know, we were um, there was a gentleman on the street. And they go, well, I don't give money to them. It's a scam. And I go, why do you say it's a scam? He goes, oh, well, the guy takes the money and he goes home to his four-bedroom apartment or whatever. And uh, I'm like, well, how do you know that? And he goes, you know, well, you know, look at his shoes. His shoes are nicer than the shoes that I have on. And I'm like, well, I delivered those shoes to him because they were donated. So you're making, you know, you're making Mm. assumptions that the guy went out and bought Nikes with the money. I go, everything that this guy has on, I've dropped off, you know, from local churches to to that organization. But I think it's jaded people where they don't give as much as they used to to charities because they feel like either, A, there's some sort of ripoff, or, or B, it's not really a nonprofit. It's a profit organization. And, and that's been proven, unfortunately, in a lot of organizations. So you really have to do your research before you give to make sure, like you said, the money's going to the kids. It's not going right. to a bunch of executives. And I'll shut up after that. Right. Well, Rachel, why I'm so big, you know, and supporting the Coach Tate Foundation, because we're here to, you know, support our youth, our community through self-reliance, through self-empowerment, mm-hmm. you know, and that's going to create long-term strategic sustainability. When we can add value by teaching children, you know, and educating them through sports, art, and music, we Mm. teach them how to think for themselves, to think creatively, adding Mm. value, especially through music. But Rachel, you those are those words of music to my ears, as as you say, because (laughs) you know we have to, as we recognize, as Mel and we discuss what has been historically and what is today and what are we doing for the future. 
we we have to embrace our children, and that's why we formed the Coach Tate Foundation after my dad uh, went on the glory. He was a big community leader and a big believer, and not just a he led by example. Uh, of disenfranchised children between the ages of six and 12. That was his sweet spot. He said, that's the spot where these kids are, are vulnerable, most vulnerable, and that you can have the most impact in their lives between those age groups. And he had a major positive impact on uh, youth at risk. And he uh, worked with educators and was able to solve a lot of community problems and family problems through being that uh, that mediator and having outlets for them to go. So when he went on to heaven, he had designed he was retired and wanted to actually build the, the campus and continue this 24-7, 24-7. It never shuts down. So when we look at the conditions of our society today, Coach Tate Foundation, I've done some research, and uh, and I came out of the for-profit world, you know, running multi-million dollar uh, operation on the for-profit world, and I understand that game. But when I moved over into the for the nonprofit world, I had to really take my time and understand the business model. And uh, the end user is is those children, and they weren't getting the benefits. So uh, this model that we have today of paying it forward uh, with the Coach Tate Foundation, it's really a privilege to have Rachel and Mel and Jack and Demetrius uh, at the core of this thing. And there are others that are, aren't on this show that are waiting in the wings for us to really codify and build this thing out because it is a big solution to the to the problem on both sides. It addresses a gap, and um, and we're excited to be a part of that and to have you guys join us. And one thing that I have learned also, and I'll uh, ask Jack to come in on this one, is um, the folks that uh, I discovered had billions, multi-billions and and. 45 homes all over the world on just richness and $250 million in a gym on a ring, pinky ring. I said, I know there's money out there for $100 million that we're trying to raise to build something for the children. And what I discovered is uh, it's very hard to find folks that aren't self-serving. They want a paycheck. They can't see beyond themselves. And so when I find and we're able to connect with others who said, this is not about me getting a paycheck. This is about me serving someone else to pay it forward because our blessings always come when we serve others. And I don't know whether you guys have found that, but we're excited to introduce our model to, to the market and to our uh, communities and uh, in hopes of, of leading by example, as Dr. Martin Luther King says, with our hands and our feet. Probably. And say probably the problem that we have is this most people don't get the fact that they didn't do it on their own they didn't get to where they are on their own except for the very few that inherit wealth there's an old saying and i don't know where i picked this up the first generation of folks with money make it the second generation of money spends it the third generation gives it away because they're the ones who are setting up foundations and, and charitable organizations. And that just seems to be the way it is. But you start talking to folks who uh, have made their money, 
they usually have forgotten that somebody taught them how to do something. Somebody showed them uh, either a skill or a knowledge or whatever led to them making their money. Uh, so when you've when you've come up broke <laughs> and you suddenly hit it, you got a long shopping list probably. But what you have to do is catch those people early on and say, no, you didn't do it by yourself. Somebody somewhere helped you do it. And that's the job of uh, good charitable organizations is to always remind the well-to-do, at least the first generation of the well-to-do, that uh, they didn't do it on their own, Francina. You know what time it is, my dear? It's time for a short break, Jack. It's time for a short break. We'll continue in just a moment. Do you want to empower families and young people in your community? Then take the time to make a tax-deductible contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. The Coach Tate Foundation is dedicated to helping young people and their families in learning and passing on the kinds of life skills that we all need to succeed. All too often, we hear about kids and their families having encountered life's difficulties that could have been easily avoided by knowing better decision-making skills. From anger management to money management to something as simple as learning to manage how we spend our time or how we use our job skills. Make a donation to the Coach Tate Fund. It'll help kids who need help and their families too. Make your contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. Get details at www.coachtatefoundation.com. And oh, by the way, Thank you. Thanks, Francina. I'm Colonel Mason. We can meet Francina in person at the Energy Utility Environment Conference in San Diego, March 5 through 7. In just a minute, I'll tell you how you can get half-price registration for the entire conference and hear Francina reveal what the world must know urgently about nuclear security. Imminent world dangers known only by insiders. Whatever happened to all that weapons-grade plutonium when Russia and the United States agreed to deconstruct nuclear arsenals? Why is the governor of South Carolina suing the U.S. Department of Energy for $1 million a day over that question? Why is megatons to megawatts not working? What is Russia doing in retaliation for our breaching that treaty? What is the biggest threat to nuclear security worldwide? Get answers when Francina speaks at the conference. And get half-price conference registration by using the code TTD. Use the VIP code TTD when you register online at EUEC.com. Empower your family with the dynamic new book by Francina Holrus, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are. It's the book that gives you insights into life's problems. Francina Holrus is an author, motivational speaker, and national broadcaster who believes the answers to your problems lies within the knowledge that was once traditionally passed down by families. 
but that knowledge has been short-circuited by today's faster pace. The book, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are, brings that accumulated wisdom to the problems that all families face. You'll find your copy of Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are at Amazon and at Better Bookstores. Empower your life with the dynamic new book, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are by Francina Hulrus. And now, back to Empowered Family Talk. Here's Francina Hollis. Welcome back to Empowered Family Talk with our roundtable discussion uh, with Jack Bishop, Mel Rapalea, and Rachel Cranzi, uh, Demetrius Mamaritas. Uh, as we talk about restoring God's divine order in our charity and honoring Dr. Martin Luther King and his dream as we pay it forward for the next generations. Uh, Guys, I'd like to talk about uh, a charity that is uh, making it happen and leading by example uh, that's creating a new way, a new path forward uh, to create a better world and a better life for our children and our communities and our uh, workforce Uh, within our communities. Uh, Mel and Rachel, could you, and Jack, could you share with us uh, what value you bring to the business model and to the program and service model under the Coach Tate's uh, uh, New America Academy, its program and services that you're excited about uh, being a part of? Well, sure. Uh, first off, I'm, I'm really, really thankful to be working with such an empowering foundation that not only empowers our community, but empowers our youth. Mm-hmm. It gets our youth to be thinking about the self-love and self-care that they really need to have within themselves to thrive and be successful. It's not only about adding value to our community, but it's believing in the value that we have within ourselves and taking that value and being a contributor, being able to pay it forward, Francina, mm-hmm. like you, mm-hmm. you know, had mentioned mm-hmm. before. It's about using our skills to impact community and through education, through sports, through art, through music. We're able to teach these children self-esteem and self-love. Yes. And I think a lot of our generation is missing out on that these days. They're so focused on technology, so focused on themselves, and not about their skills and abilities and their potential. What role do you think parents play in ensuring that our children um, – are, are prepared for this new day, this new way of self-empowerment and self-reliance, the way God designed it to be for all of us. What do you think those uh, roadblocks are? Well, I think sometimes this is where we're lacking in society. We get so focused on making money and working, 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 that we're not adding value and love and quality into our children. Our children are not getting everything they need to sustain themselves and but, to help them, you know, be more successful. But it's very hard for parents in this country 
because we don't have the history of um, involvement by our power structure in the lives of everyday citizens like they have in, say, France. You know, in, 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 in France, I just recently saw the uh, documentary Sicko again from Michael Moore. Uh, if you are a working person with kids in France, first of all, you can have up to six months parental leave. You can call upon your, your local health care system in France if you need to take time off to, to, uh, to uh, go to the doctor yourself. They'll provide someone to keep your kids while you make that appointment. And we fail to remember this simple economic fact. The wages of American workers, I'm not talking about folks that wear suit and ties, but the wages of the average worker has not gone up since the 1970s. We may have made more money, but it takes more money to sustain a family. That's why you have 50% of American children living at or below the poverty line today. Mm. Yeah. Mel, do you have you any That's a really good point. It, it is a very good point, isn't it, Rachel? And we, we yeah. often forget that. It's about having a support system and a structure. You know, unfortunately, and that's why the Coach Tate Foundation is so needed. Yes, yes. To repair that. Yes. And that's what I discovered, Rachel, over the past seven years of the Coach Tate Foundation. We got the 501c3 uh, designation for federal. We had the state, but for federal. And I really didn't know what I was doing because I'm in a for-profit business trying to do this. And I discovered in seven years uh, just the children in my home area in a five region. Oh, my goodness. Feeding. We we developed a 24-hour feeding program. We partnered with MANA. And Demetrius will talk more about that later in the show. But uh, And discovered the families that are just hanging in the wings, executive families that are sitting in huge homes with no lights and no furniture. And and you've got them just hiding in society. They've been laid off or downsized, and they can't go to job links. So we found ourselves having private consultation and life transition programs with these guys. And then we had military families coming back. You know, there was no transition from the husband or the wife coming back from overseas. So they encountered uh, family conflicts with domestic violence. So we had to intercede and talk about how do we bridge that gap to transition from military to civilian life. There has to be a transition period. And the last I'll share that we discovered through talking in our research with customers is even from our employers. Our HR director said, Francina, if you guys at Coach Tate would come up and implement this child care, this 24 Seven three sixty five child care and senior care program that you have established that would help them save on their turnover rate at the office. One HR director said, Francina, I've got an absenteeism rate that's high that's affecting our turnover rate, that's affecting our bottom line because they can't get child care. 
it's 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 expensive or there's always something going on with the children so we have the program and this was all developed out of the the cries and the needs of what we call we the people and and i'm sure mel can relate to what i'm saying when it comes to the workplace in hr because everybody they recruit in the workplace comes from somebody's house and and charity is not in the workplace but the expectation of entitlements it has to be worked on both sides and we've had to also teach these children who are receiving charity that you got to learn how to receive that humbly and gratefully and pay it for it and do good with it and then go help somebody else because when you go into a person like male in the in the workforce as an HR director who's looking to hire you He's going to know, what did you do to help somebody else? That could determine whether you get a job or not. So, Mel, can you, I mean, is that resonating with you at all as as far as your contributions that you're bringing to the Coach Tate Foundation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I know, um, because the Coach Tate Foundation is named after your father and all the good works he did, is the way that you, the way that I, because I'm not a musician, so I, I, I can't even sing. Um, but uh, I know you guys are singers. I'm not a singer. Um, but hey, man, neither am I. Coach, neither am I. <laughs> yeah. So the girls can sing. The guys on this show, show cannot. Um, but, but I've always done sports, and I've, and my father really instilled in me, um, even though. Because people would say to my father, which one of these is your kids? And he goes, well, none of them. He goes, I just volunteer. And Mm -mm. kids are very smart. They can tell when you're there because you want to be there. Or they can tell when you're there because you've been told you have to be there. And my father and I, at the end of um, the end of the – well, during the season, at the end of the season, we would make these little uh, things out, uh, loudest kid – kid with the most enthusiasm, kid that, you know, got the, uh, you know, uh, better as the season went along. We would give out different awards to the, to the kids, and we would have, like, a special award program with them. And, and they dug that more than anything. I think they dug that more than actually even playing. Um, just the camaraderie of the sports of getting together and feeling like the coaches wanted to be a part of what they were doing. And you could see as you coach children – where they're deficient in terms of their self-esteem. You know, a lot of kids um, I've worked with, you know, they were very quiet. They kind of stuck into the background. Maybe they weren't the best players in the world, Mm -hmm. but we worked on self-esteem. Now, the thing that to me that was always irritating to me and still is irritating to me is I'm coaching your child. They're in a game and I look up and you're in the stands and you're on your cell phone. Mm. Your child's playing. And, and I put that directly on the parent. It's one hour. It's a one hour game. You can't get off your cell phone for one hour. My father and I dedicated a third of, I mean, we, we had work life, we had home life, but a third of our life was toward coaching children, whether it was martial arts, basketball, soccer, you know, volleyball, whatever it was we coached, baseball, we spent time with the children. The, the horrible thing to see is the number of times that, and this gets to the Coach Tate Foundation and, and, and where children kind of have a gap now because of what Rachel said with the work, work, work mentality is people just drop their kids off. Well, let me um, do, look, and, look. and they used, 
They used to do it in the mall. I remember when I was a kid in the mm. mall, uh, before you started, I mean, I hate to, you know, sound like I'm 5 billion years old, but before you started having all the abductions and that type of thing, people, people, um, I forgot the name of the gentleman that runs the program where his child was abducted in the mall, um, escapes me right now. But before that child got abducted, people would just take their kids and just drop them at the mall and say, hang here until we come and pick you up when the mall closes. Let me so jump in here. For, let me jump in here for a minute. Uh, a couple of things come to mind. You know, I think, uh, and Mal, this is not to take anything away from what you just said. Not every kid is going to play sports, but every kid can do something in school. Every kid yeah. can get some kind of recognition. I had almost a fifty-year career because I went to a career days program in my junior high school. And some guy was there, and I can see his face as clearly as I see the faces of the people here on the panel. And I remember his name as well as I know my own fellow by the name of George Nelson. And George talked about his job at a radio station. And it clicked something in me. Now, I was, hey, can't sing, can barely dance, don't do tricks with balls, but I did learn how to do this thing with a microphone. So uh, after I got established in my own career, I started going to career days as a speaker, as, as a guy who would come in and answer questions to young folks that might want to do something with microphones and cameras. I got so much out of that, including finding a couple of my protégés. And uh, sure, everybody is busy, but you got to make time to participate in some kind of way in your kid's life. Also, just as importantly, I think one of the things that's missing from today's society is uh, you go to tribal countries and there are rites of passage that young people get to participate in. And those rites of passage are very, very important because it says you are now a part of this community. And we don't do that in this country. We don't do this in Western culture. And uh, uh, we need to uh, start doing that where people, young people in particular, can uh, say, hey, when I was 13, <laughs> sort of like a bar mitzvah, when I was 13, I was accepted into the entire community, and I owe that community some effort. I completely agree with you. It's all yes. about the effort that we're putting in, right? and it's about caring for each other. Mm-hmm. And that and should always come first. And that, and I don't know uh, about you guys, but that is uh, my my whole excitement about this charity is that uh, we created a model because I came from the for profit side, and I have a heart for the children and for those that are uh, the least amongst us. Always have as a child, and I believe I found my spot here to really uh, say that, uh, like God said, our gifts will make room for us, and. While we understand there are a lot of entities out there that are doing good charity work, 
uh, we've discovered that what we have is different. It's new, it's refreshing, it's different, and it's not going to attract the masses across the world, uh, but it will attract the right people. I believe in less is more. We were just discussing, Mel, just what it means to uh, bring the right people into the right mindset of charity work uh, and what it really means. And there's an effort, a responsibility on both sides and how refreshing Coach Tate, our model is to to the market. Uh, we've been seven years in, and uh, and myself, I funded the charity in the initial stages with over $3 million of my own personal money over the past seven years, because you never know how things are going to go with a charity, who's going to support it, you know, who's not. But uh, it was a well, it was an investment of time and resources that I found worthwhile to be where we are today to uh, implement the vision of building a campus, an eco-friendly campus uh, for a gathering place that we can become the think tank 24-7. And it's not going to attract the masses, but it will attract those who are aspiring to be leaders in our society in the future. Well, let me ask you this, Francina. You know, I know you're hesitant to talk about it, but I'm going to draw you out. If somebody wanted to make a contribution, how do they go about it? You know, there, there are ways on the website at www.coachtapefoundation.com. Repeat that uh, again go, in case somebody's uh, running you know, for a pencil. Go, go fund me account. Uh, is, everything is listed out on, go, on the coachtapefoundation.com. Let me repeat that, the coachtapefoundation.com. See, that comes from being in radio where you got to repeat it three or four times. <laughs> yes, I understand. I understand. And and that is the simplified way to, to um, follow the instructions. You can mail in a payment for those that don't trust the online uh, pay system anymore. They can still write a good old-fashioned check and put it in the in the mail, U.S. mail, snail mail as we call mm-hmm. it, and, and mail it into the court, to the uh, administrative offices of the registered agent. Uh, they're, of course, PayPal, and we have a GoFundMe account uh, that they can click into online. And there is a direct phone line, area code 919-413-2998. That's my direct uh, cell phone for those that have uh, $10 million or more uh, for, for, for to donate. And for Demetrius, uh, uh, for for nine million and less is Demetrius at nine one nine two five five eight oh five four, and then you have Rachel Kranz, Kranzy. Yes. And Rachel, would you give your number, please, for nine million sure. and, and under? Absolutely. For relief and support, my number is eight four seven five two seven nine two two one. Well, thank you very much. And Jack, I must say this also is that uh, we've done a lot of research on locating uh, a campus. We have two things we're working on. The purchase of land of 50 to 100 acres. Mm-hmm. Uh, our uh, volunteer design team and land team been working on this for seven years. Which state, which country, which city, which county mm-hmm. where we can serve the greatest population of those in need of our services. That's number one for location selection. And we've gotten a lot of 
very good choices, and we still haven't made a final decision. We're at, we're at our top three properties right now, top three states. But we've estimated that uh, three to five million before the end of the year, and we have two days, mm-hmm. uh, will certainly give us uh, what we need to get staffed up, get get these people staffed up and get ready, suited up, paid jobs uh, so that they can begin to implement the plan. Uh, the second piece is the land. We have uh, anywhere from uh, $600,000 to $10 million for purchase of a property uh, that we can house the campus on. So one property has an existing uh, lodging where we can immediately start implementing the daycare, the 24-hour daycare program and and the feeding program for the communities and all the job program, all the things that we offer. And uh, so that, those are our fundraising goals. And we're looking for one international, we call them a business Boaz. Rachel, I'm sure you can appreciate that one, right? A business Boaz <laughs> that we can bring to our board that can just say, hey, guys, what you got? Here's a blank check. Here's $100 million. Go and, and do the good work for our children and just let us see your good results. Uh, that's the ultimate because uh, we have a five-year financial plan that uh, a sustaining development model that we have developed that we're very proud of that dem- certainly demonstrates uh, an attractive return for the communities and the children and everybody involved. So it's bigger than me. It's going to take the right people with a selfless heart uh, that's not looking for a paycheck and glory for themselves. That's the only goal they have is to ensure that that child is has a platform to be successful in society and continue to pay it forward as we go along. So that's what I have to share, Jack. That well, I want you to I, but I want you to uh, explain, if you would, for those that are like me that are a little slow, uh, what are some of the programs and what are some of the uh, things that you hope to offer besides the daycare? If I were to say, hey... Uh, this is uh, what is going to happen at the Coach Tate campus. What would I tell people? Well, you know, again, you know, everything is online. But for the conversation here, we have two aspects to the Coach Tate Foundation. We have their academy. It's called the New America TNA. It's a learning academy. And under that academy, we have all of our programs and we'll start with number one. We have uh, uh, the workforce development program where we're going to start pre-vetting, background checking, drug testing, teaching these kids how to pass a, a job application drug test to get a job and go to work. Entrepreneur development program where we're going to te- uh, grab these teens uh, to teach them how to make money as an entrepreneur, how to set up a good, strong, clean business and work and earn money to develop the family business plan. We're going to have, I'm very excited about the agricultural uh, development program where we're teaching, that's a part of our health to wellness program, health to wealth, is uh, growing our own vegetables and teaching our children where that onion comes from and where that hot how that hot dog is made. All those things getting back to earth, to the table, farming will there, will and agriculture. Be, will there be programs like uh, teaching kids how to be plumbers? Plumbers do very well. Exactly. Those Mechanics, carpenters. Exactly. exactly. You know, All of that falls on the entrepreneur development 
uh, and skill development, carpenters, welders, builders, construction workers, all of those things that used to make that that earn uh, a good living in those professions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also I'm excited about the International Workforce Exchange Program that we created with the Chamber of Commerce uh, years ago as we studied in London. We have a program uh, where we can get our kids in um Workforce exchange programs in other countries. Now, Francina, we've got to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up and uh, remind everybody that they're listening to the Empowered Family Talk program. Empower your family with the dynamic new book by Francina Hallris. Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are. It's the book that gives you insights into life's problems. Francina Halrus is an author, motivational speaker, and national broadcaster who believes the answers to your problems lies within the knowledge that was once traditionally passed down by families. But that knowledge has been short-circuited by today's faster pace. The book, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are, brings that accumulated wisdom to the problems that all families face. You'll find your copy of Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are at Amazon and at Better Bookstores. Empower your life with the dynamic new book, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are by Francina Hulrus. Do you want to empower families and young people in your community? Then take the time to make a tax-deductible contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. The Coach Tate Foundation is dedicated to helping young people and their families in learning and passing on the kinds of life skills that we all need to succeed. All too often, we hear about kids and their families having encountered life's difficulties that could have been easily avoided by knowing better decision-making skills. From anger management to money management to something as simple as learning to manage how we spend our time or how we use our job skills. Make a donation to the Coach Tate Fund. It'll help kids who need help and their families too. Make your contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. Get details at www.coachtatefoundation.com. And oh, by the way, thank you. You're listening to Empowered Family Talk. A discussion about the family, its problems, and some of the solutions. Here's Francina Hollerus once again. Thank you, Jack. Thank you very much. Before we left for break, we were talking about some of the services of the Coach Tate Foundation. Uh, one of the key, and I'd like for Rachel to speak with this, as we had some discussion around human trafficking victims uh, and runaway children and early release juveniles, uh, as, as a, a big market, and particularly with the uh, military family transition programs, can you speak to us a little bit about what you see as a, a great need in that market? So here in Florida, mm-hmm. there is a large population of human trafficking. That means teenagers running around um, pretty much because they don't have programs in place that give them the support that they really, really need. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why they're lacking here in Florida. So 
the Coach T Foundation, you know, bringing art, music, you know, mm-hmm. sports, it's going to provide value to keep them away from drugs, alcohol, sex, all of the things that would deter them from being successful. And it's also going to provide relief for the parents that are stressed out financially. I know a lot of single family, you know, single families and single moms that care a lot about their children, but they have to put food on the table. The Coach Tate Foundation is going to be able to empower our community, empower our children, help our children to think for themselves and not think that they have to be selling drugs to be able to be productively making money and be successful. So it's really going to be impacting and, you know, just creating value in our community. Yes. Mel, are you still there? Yes, ma'am. Can you add, uh, as we, this is our last segment here, as we're driving uh, the message home, can you share with us where you are in this uh restoration process um i think you know my my key or what what i'm interested in is it it just takes a tiny bit of time to invest in a in a child and Mm. i was in distributive education clubs of america in daca and Mm. kind of like what jack was talking about a lot of those programs in our schools that DECA um, took kids that and showed them how to do an application and how to do a how to do a tax form and how to do basic life life um, events and they don't get that anymore. A lot of these programs have been cut out. What what's happening is a lot of these programs, vocational programs and whatnot, are getting cut out of school. So we don't have people that are you know learning plumbing or, or electricity or, or, you know, it's sad because as a human resource executive, when I have someone who comes to me who can't even fill out an application correctly, um, it's, it's sad. And it's not really Mm -hmm. their fault because we're teaching them. Yeah. We're teaching them reading, writing and arithmetic. You know, we're teaching that to them, but they need to get that other life experience of what it's like to, like you said, grow a garden or, you know, work on their car. Um, you know, I remember auto mechanics was a big part of my high school. A lot of schools have taken that out because of yeah. the insurance problems. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say this, and then this is a, for, a, for a bigger um, show, but we've legalized ourselves so much that lawyers have jumped in and sued people. You know, you, you can't have that. Someone will get hurt. You can't do that. Someone will get hurt. Um, this is what's made it very difficult when you were talking about uh, child care. Child care is extremely hard for a company. People are like, wow, there's such a demand. Why aren't people setting this up? The insurance kills you. Mm-hmm. The lawsuits kill you. You know, little Joey gets a, a runny nose and mommy and daddy run uh, Morgan and Morgan and sue because he got a runny nose that you're a thing. He's going to get a runny nose. And we've, we've litigated ourselves out of services. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that Coach Tate is bringing is the fact that we're going to teach these skills we're teaching we are teaching these skills through Mm -hmm. sports through music through arts through vocational um uh, education 
but teaching these skills that they're not getting elsewhere or that the parent who, I mean, you know, God loved the single parent who has to hold down two and three jobs and Ugh. doesn't have time to teach their child how to change a spark plug because when they get home, they're exhausted because they're getting ready to go to job two or job three. So someone has to fill in that gap of showing, you know, Joey how to how to fix a spark plug or how to boil water or how to make a hard-boiled egg because they're not getting that just because time is so precious and that with parents working two and three jobs. So well, that's, I'm, I, that's, 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 that's on point. Go ahead, Mel. That's on point. Say hey, I, ha- I hate yeah. to do this, but I've got to call time on this edition because we've run out of time. Well, I need to close. You need to at, close. Uh, at, uh, I need to close and say thank you uh, to uh, Mel and Rachel uh, and Jack and Demetrius for their time and their commitment to a greater cause, uh, something that's bigger than them. And we're so blessed to have them on our Coach Tate Foundation uh, executive board and team as we uh, continue to uh, keep the lights on and shine the light of good around the world. Thank now, you guys. And I'd like to close. Please do. You've got a, a poem with, for with, us. With, with a special poem for our listeners and for our uh, guests that drives home the New Year's message of restoring God's divine order and the sacredness into our charity as we honor one of our leaders, Dr. Martin Luther King. This poem is written by one of our beloved Mother Teresa's. People are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you're honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight build anyway if you find serenity and happiness they may be jealous be happy anyway the good you do today people will often forget tomorrow do good anyway give the world the best you have and it may never be enough. Give the world the best you have anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it is between you and your God. It was never between you and them anyway. Until next week, I am Francina Tate Horace, host.
been listening to Empowered Family Talk with your hostess, Francina Haldras. Be sure and join us next week and every week at this time for the program that brings you practical answers to the questions of the 21st century. For Empowered Family Talk, I'm Jack Bishop. Thank you.